0: Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli, and welcome to another special edition, a weekend edition of Ruthless Talk. we are about to get straight into this ladies and gentlemen there is a lot to get into a lot to get into we talk monday night raw we talk smackdown however man a lot has happened since i published a episode um talking the ratings war the tuesday night ratings war and i'm i have a few choice words For Mr. Tony Khan himself, as he did not hold back on social media over the past couple of days of losing that ratings war. Now, it's no shock to everybody. Everything that we saw in those numbers from those metrics and statistics, it's not shocking to anybody. We knew that NXT was going to blow them out the water, and that's exactly what they did this past Tuesday. However, man, before I do get into all that, I do have a message for Tony Khan, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this since it has been talked about over the past several, several days. But, And of course, I'm going to get into SmackDown and Monday Night Raw as well. Like I said, I'll be going over those shows in full as we are now in the driver's seat going straight into Survivor Series, as this was the fallout from Fastlane just from last Saturday. and We're going to talk all about it, all of these shows in full. So before I get into anything, man, um, I do want to give a quick shout-out to Jay Bougie, man. Uh, Jay Bougie, who is an independent pro wrestler for MLW. He is right now performing uh, for their flagship show, uh, MLW Fusion. They have a big show uh, as of right now. Uh, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, which I'm sure he's performing as of right now, as of as of the recording of the show. So, Jay, man, if you end up watching this at some point, man, uh, appreciate you once again for coming onto the show. If you guys haven't seen it, uh, uh, me as well as Brian, yes, Brian was back on the show uh, with me just a couple days ago as we interviewed Jay Bougie. Uh, if you guys don't know who Jay Bougie is, man, definitely do your research. He is definitely a tremendous performer. He is on the come up, man. He's been on uh, just you know promotions as regards to you know house of glory gcw and of course major league wrestling and of course he he told a story about him being in an aw dark match being involved in some AEW type of stuff as well so a lot of juicy stuff in that interview so i highly recommend everybody to go and check that out man as there was a lot of work that was uh that was put into uh into that little uh into that little interview man so but once again uh shout out to jay bougie for uh taking time out of his busy schedule to join us for that episode so make sure you guys go check that out that is on spotify and apple Podcasts right now. all right man so let's get down to business this is a jacked packed, and stacked episode for you guys today so i am gonna start off with tony khan um and of course as you guys know man from the tuesday night wars Tony Khan is not happy um, after those ratings were officially published out or were released. And again, it's no shock to anybody. We kind of knew that, you know, the writing was on the wall because of WWE and the star power that they brought in to that NXT show. Again, I've spoken many a times and how I'm very against that type of decision and how sometimes, at least when it comes to Becky Lynch, which I've spoken about many, many times, um, in regards to the women's division, you know, the women's division just feels like it's just been really overshadowed since Becky Lynch just kind of took over and won that championship. However, it's done wonders for people like Tiffany Stratton and, and good for her. But for everyone else, man, it's really everyone's just there and under the radar. But a, from a business standpoint, I can understand why, you know, Vince McMahon, Triple H and everyone else on board would do this type of business decision i get it you know i'm you know i don't agree with it i don't think it helps the future of your company but business is business got to rack up those numbers you got to beat your competition you know i digress i get in 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 a way um but tony khan has not been happy man and he has definitely has had some choice words has some choice words not just from w to wwe to triple h Vince McMahon, shoot, taking shots at John Cena, and the Undertaker, hell, even freaking Shawn Michaels, but even to his own fan base, and, and and it was it was at a point where it was like you know going into the big the big day, right, the big ratings war, um, he he referenced freaking uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H as bald assholes. I think that's like some some reference to a, some type of movie or something like that. Right. So it was, it was going into it, right. Or at least to a certain extent in the beginning, it was funny. You know, Tony Khan is crazy. He's Tony Khan. He's crazy, Tony, whatever the fuck you want to call him. But now it's to the point where like, okay, it's done, right? You got your ass whooped. It is what it is. You dust yourself off and you, you make this better. Right. You learn from it. And that was the first thing that I mentioned, at least one of the few things that I mentioned in regards to Tony Khan. As long as he learns from this, right, and really continues to, you know, use this as a learning experience to help your company grow, you know, and and he is completely just fucking lost it and went completely just off the fucking deep end and has taken to social media and he kind of just comes off like this spoiled. Rich kid, right? It's just, it's really just, and it's pissed a lot of people off, including his own fan base, you know. So here's my message to Tony Khan: Tony, I, I, I'm looking dead into this camera right now. Get off of social media. Get off of your phone. Put it to the side for now. Like, log off of your Twitter account, your X account, and just like, just enough, man. Like, like enough. You have been in business, bro, for five years. Five fucking years. And look, I respect Tony Khan in wanting to to jump right out of the gate and to be competition with WWE. I truly do. And some people have came across this, you know, from what I've said over the past several weeks is that, oh, you're just a WWE mark. Oh, you're a WWE fanboy. You just want to see AEW succeed as well as vice versa. But guys, here is the reality. And like I just mentioned earlier, Tony Khan and AEW have now been in business for five fucking, if Tony Khan really thinks from a four to five year span that he's going to be truly competing, right, with, with WWE, then he's got another fucking thing coming, Like, again, it's taken Vince McMahon decades upon decades to get where WWE is at now. And the fact that they're worth so much freaking billions upon billions of dollars. It's just, you know, it's and again, he tries to continue to jump the gun when it comes to adding new shows and signing all of this ex WWE talent or any freaking talent from freaking Impact or New Japan and loading up his talent. Or loading up his roster with more and more freaking talent. It's like, dude, relax. This dude ever since the start, and I, I don't know if this also has to do with something of the fact of when Cody Rhodes left that company and he took his ball and went over to WWE, and that definitely has been a a dramatic and and change of just just change of direction of where this company has been heading over the past several past several years since then. But this dude, Tony Khan, man, has since the beginning has tried to do way too much, way too fast to where you you have your flagship show in AEW and that show, right? And he goes after freaking John Cena and The Undertaker and taking jabs at them that, oh, like you didn't reach a, a, a 40% some odd demo or whatever the fuck, right? It's like, dude, like your flagship show can hardly even touch 900, let alone 800,000 in a consistent fucking basis, like who the fuck are you, dude, to talk about uh, to, to talk about freaking numbers and consistency in numbers when you, sir, have not done that since you fucking started, because you have done way too much, way too fucking fast, and you have jumped the gun. Because now you have this flagship show that is struggling to get even over the hump. So what do you do? Let's put a show on Friday night. That is legit hanging by a fucking thread that is AEW Rampage. Better yet, let's add another freaking show, an AEW Collision. You have freaking Ricky Starks and Big Bill William Morrissey winning tag titles in front of fucking nobody. Like, dude, what are you fucking doing? And your response is to take jabs over at, at your rival company because you're so upset about these ratings because... WWE is just trying to do smart business. Now I get it. Do we agree with it? It it honestly, it's it's irrelevant at this point, right? But they have that star power, they have that mega power, and they freaking used it. And again, whether we agree with it or not is freaking irrelevant. That's what they did, right? But dude, like you need to like Tony Khan, right? In the words of Jade Cargill, dude, cut the fucking shit. You sound like a twelve year old fucking toddler. That just acted like he got his PlayStation taken away. Like, stop, bro. Like, enough. It, it's it, do, it like it's it's ridiculous. He comes off as a spoiled freaking kid. Like he didn't like he didn't get what he wanted, and now he's taking it out on not just freaking not just fans, right? Not just Triple H and Sean or Triple H and freaking Vince McMahon. That's that's evident. But now it's to freaking Shawn Michaels. It's like, bro. It's like he he went after him because somebody posted about freaking Booker of the Year, like Shawn Michaels is Booker of the Year. Let me make that statement as well before I continue. First of all, guys, if you really think that Shawn Michaels is a Booker of the Year for that show, right? If you really truly think that Shawn Michaels had any majority or any say when it comes to that freaking show this past Tuesday, like... I don't know where the fuck your head is at. I mean, and listen, it's it's no fault to Shawn Michaels. You know why? Because that dude was was kind of you know he just pretty much was just a was just a pawn in the freaking game, right? Freaking Triple H and Shawn Michaels. This was all this was all of their freaking plan was to bring these main roster talents to that Tuesday night show. If you really think that Shawn Michaels was the reason for the Undertaker, John Cena, Tegan Asuka, all of these people, Cody Rhodes to come onto this freaking show. Like, dude, s- stop it, man. <laughs> this dude is, is being is doing what he's being told to freaking do. Right. And that's that's it, bro. And for Tony Khan to now shift his focus to Shawn Michaels, that just proves to you that this dude is completely just has gone off the freaking rails. And, and this dude needs to he needs to stop worrying about WWE, right? He needs to stop worrying about what is doing. And bro, you need to worry about what you're fucking doing. Worry about your empty, your half empty arenas that you got right now on collision. Worry about your flagship show that is hardly even pulling in 800 to 900,000 viewership consistently on a consistent basis. Worry about that before you want to worry about an alleged war. With WWE because you are far fucking from it. That's not me being a fanboy. That's not me being a mark. That's the fucking reality. You've been in business, bro, for five fucking years. And your response is to go on Twitter and to act like a fucking child because because what? Frickin' NXT? brought in these freaking star brought in these stars, these main roster talents and these legends over to the company. Now, is that a sign of desperation from WWE? Absolutely. And I understand at least to a slight degree where Tony Khan is coming from, but when it comes to social media, a- and the social media world on the internet you don't say stuff like this bro and if you guys don't know what I'm talking about go over to Twitter I would read you guys the stuff on Twitter but I'm not going to go over that for for most of you I'm sure you guys know what Tony Khan has said you've seen it and I'm not going to waste anybody's time going over that so so if you but if you haven't seen it make, you know you go check it out it's it's probably still on his Twitter page right now as well as if you just search up Tony Khan on X it's going to be all over there you know either or so that's it, man. You know, Tony Khan needs to get his head out of his ass. And, and, and he needs to worry about himself and his own damn company. And that's and that's it, man. That, that's, that's all I can freaking say at, at, at the end of the day. You know, you got beaten the ratings, bro. So what? <laughs> so freaking what? It was a decent show, right? I'll even admit that. It was a decent show for what it was. Right? Was it better than NXT? No, obviously not. But dust yourself off, man. Learn from this. And 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 no, the question is too, man. You know, with Tony Khan, because I I know there's a reason why, guys. I'm I'm very harsh about Tony Khan and the way he handles business. Right? Like the stuff that he puts out on social media, like that's stuff that you say in a boardroom, not on your fucking Twitter, to make yourself look like the biggest fucking douchebag, the biggest freaking freaking child that there is you know learn from it I'm i'm about to i'm about to pull out a famous reference if you build it tony they will come continue to build learn from this right understand that you are nowhere near an alleged war right now it is not even fucking close and if he doesn't understand that then AEW is going to continue to go straight to the bottom. And that's it, bro. Because Tony Khan is lost in his own ways. And it's not its not just hurting himself. It's hurting the company. It's hurting the fans. And it's hurting his own fucking talent. And that's it, man. And, and the question now is too, man, and, and this has been popping in my mind as we get into Monday Night Raw here, and I'm going to end it with this, you know, Are we at the point now to say, is Tony Khan even capable of bringing AEW to the promised land? We're four to five years into this and I'm still going to give him the chance. I'm still going to give him the opportunity to see, you know, if he learns anything from this, from this experience. But, you know, if if this is how Tony Khan is going to act, if this is how he's going to handle fricking business, then holy shit, man, do we have a problem? and now the question becomes is this dude even capable to to bring AEW to the promised land where everybody wants and thinks that they're going to be or they're going to end up being is tony khan the right guy in charge right cuz that's cuz that's the other thing too man you are you are running a, a wrestling promotion you are the owner of a wrestling promotion and there's a lot of employees talents that are relying on you To be that owner. Stop hiding behind your fucking dad's money. Stop acting like a 12-year-old child and be a fucking owner for once. Like I said, it's taken Vince McMahon and WWE decades upon decades, 50 years, to be where they're at today. If you build it, bro, they will come. But you got to build it. There's got to be, you know, (laughs) a lot of wrestling fans like to use this term patience, right? But you got to build it. Start worrying about the talent that you have on the roster because there's a lot of great talent on this roster, man. So much talent on this roster. So much talent to where 80% of them don't even feel special. And they should be, but they're not. Because the shows are underwhelming and the numbers, the half empty arenas prove to you that you can have all the banger matches you want. You want to have, you want to have a show of just good wrestling matches, then open up a bingo hall, you know, because if that's the only thing that you can do, then you're in the wrong fricking industry. Yes. Wrestling is important. And I understand that we're also in a different era of professional wrestling, right? The wrestling today is top notch and we have tremendous freaking athletes in today's era of wrestling. And that's great, but you need to understand that there are foundations. There are foundations of what makes professional wrestling special. And he's kind of gotten that as of late with MJF and Adam Cole, but guess what? That's it. You can't name me guys. Another Feud another story over the past four years that comes anywhere close to what MJF and Adam Cole are doing. I'm sorry. You can maybe name some stuff that you maybe thought was entertaining or that you liked, but if you're being honest with yourself, nothing comes close. And that's the reality. Tony Khan, put your fucking phone down, be a freaking owner. Get your head out of your ass. Stop acting like a child and learn from it, bro. Cut the fucking shit. And that's my message, man. Let's jump into Raw. We're going to jump straight into it, man. So that's my message to Tony Khan himself. And, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if uh, if he has more choice words uh, later, you know, going into, going into this week or who freaking knows, man. Uh, I mean, it's... It's a mess, bro. I mean, you, you can't make, you can't freaking make it up with the shit that he has put out and the shit that he has said. It was funny at first, right? The bald assholes, right? Oh, that's funny stuff. Now it's to a point where over the past several days, it's like, dude, enough to where you have crossed the line. Just stop, man. Get off your phone. Enough. Stop. All right, man. Enough of that. Let's go over WWE Monday Night Raw. So, of course, I wasn't able to get into Monday Night Raw Uh, this past tuesday so i will go over the show in full i'll try to review this show you know as quickly as i can as well as smackdown you know i want to try to end this show um you know at least a little over an hour again fingers crossed you know you guys know me by now so let's dive straight into it man monday night raw this was october 9th 2023 live in omaha nebraska as our number one starts off with Seth Rollins, your world heavyweight champion, he starts off the show. So he recaps his match with Shinsuke Nakamura. He says that he is just getting started. You know, he was teasing about the fact that, oh, you know, my back, it's really hurt. Kind of teasing, oh, maybe I should walk away. Maybe I should relinquish this title. And he's like, nah, I'm just getting started, bro. And that's when Drew McIntyre's music hits. Drew McIntyre. As he wants a title shot, you know, and and Seth Rollins kind of knew it from his face. Like, ah, you want a title opportunity, do you? And freaking Drew McIntyre's just shaking his head like, yep, you already know, bro. And Seth's like, "Ah, all right. He's like, all right. You know what? You want to do this tonight? Let's freaking do it, man. I got it. My back is effed up, but let's freaking do it. But Drew McIntyre interrupts. He's like, listen, you know, yes, I want this title opportunity, but I want you, you know, as close to 100% as possible as he makes the challenge for WWE Crown Jewel, which I believe from now is going to be three weeks away um, in Saudi. So Seth Rollins accepts the challenge. Seth wants to to celebrate with Drew, you know, and and Drew McIntyre responds with, you know, he's like, listen, you know, if anybody sees me in the Nebraska area or the Omaha area, buy me a pint and a shot. And freaking Drew McIntyre walks off. I got some words about that. Just give me a second as I finish this here. Ah, uh, Damian Priest attacks Seth Rollins from behind. Drew McIntyre looks on, kind of the similar type of scene over the past several weeks. You know, he looks upon and doesn't really make the save or do anything. Dominic Mysterio runs down the ramp with Priest's Money in the Bank briefcase. McIntyre stops him at the rampway, responds with the headbutt to Dominic's freaking dome piece, and tosses the Money in the Bank contract up the rampway. Rollins then takes out Priest rollins stands tall and priest mysterio retreat up the rampway and that is your opening segment so look man um I, first of all before i even get to drew mcintyre uh, let, let me just say this like dude priest uh, if you're gonna do a cash in bro like w- why 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 wouldn't you just have the fucking briefcase in your hands <laughs> right, right then and there you have dominic mysterio holding your briefcase that was really fucking weird um, that just, I don't know if anybody just batted an eye about that. Like, you would think, like, it's Priest's briefcase, it's Damian Priest's freaking contract. You would think that he would be carrying that fucking shit. And then right away, he doesn't have to rely on Dominic holding it for him and bringing it to the fucking ring. That was just really odd. Um, but I digress. Anyway, let me get to Drew. So, I guess this is what we're doing, bro. We're we're doing a we're doing a tweener. We're we're doing a tweener type of shtick with Drew McIntyre. He's a baby face, but with a little bit of an attitude, right? He says like he's got a little bit of an attitude where he's like he's doing the same heel shtick when he's up the rampway. Yet he's fricking, you know, he's he's celebrating with the crowd like hey, like buy me a pint in the shot. He's a face, <laughs> and, and then he does the same little heel somewhat heel shtick up the rampway, like not saving Seth from Damian priest. And, and, and so, and this is what we're getting. And now we're getting this, this match at crown jewel, which is an odd freaking an odd location to do such. Cause is Seth Rollins really going to drop that title at a Saudi show? I don't freaking know, but you know, I, I digress with that as well, but this is what you're getting, man. But here's my question, right? And this is a serious question to everybody. If we were eventually going to get this said match between Drew and Seth Rollins, if that was the long term picture, then why not just turn Drew from the start to begin with? Y- you haven't played this tweener fucking character. What is it doing for him? It's like, oh well, James, give it time. He's gonna eventually turn. It's like, dude, what what? Yeah, okay, that's fine, but. Could we be doing better? Could we be doing better than doing this shtick with Drew being an in-betweener type of character? He's a baby face with a little bit of an attitude. James, he's got a little bit of an attitude, man. It's different. He's got an attitude. Why, just, why not just have him fucking turn heel at Money in the Bank or the Raw after Money in the Bank, bro? Like, and Drew McIntyre's stock would have gained tenfold after that. But you wanted to play cute and you want to play this tweener shit where he was now. He, you put him in a in an icy title freaking match against Gunther that we knew he wasn't taking the fucking title. He's in the same situation to where before he freaking left in the first place. And, and And when you do this heel turn, bro, like, like, yes, it's going to be a cool moment. To a certain degree, but is it going to be to the same degree that you could have done at money in the bank when he first returned? I'm just saying, man, like I get it. Like these moments to where Drew McIntyre could could turn heel could be good. I get it. I'm not saying it's not going to be good, but could we be doing better, bro? That's what I mean about me and this platform. There are fucking standards, bro. That's it. Like, could we be doing better? Could we make this better for Drew? Could we be making this turn, this heel turn better for Drew McIntyre to the point where when he does turn heel, is it going to be that truly, is it going to be really that special than when he could have turned heel at Money in the Bank? That's all I'm saying, bro. And if and if that was the case, if this was the matchup, because I said it months ago, Drew McIntyre going after Seth Rollins, taking that world title from him. Then why not turn him heel to begin with, bro? You got a badass heel, Drew McIntyre. Let's freaking rock, dude. And that is something that Drew McIntyre, I've said it for weeks and months, that he's desperately need. And, and now you're getting this tweener shit, but he's got an attitude. Stop. Like, that's like stuck like, enough, man. You could have turned Drew heel right from the jump when he returned. And, and Drew would be firing on all cylinders right now. And Drew McIntyre, he's on the show and he just doesn't feel in, imp- not important, but he just doesn't feel special. He, he doesn't bro. He's been mess. He lost the IC title match and he was messing around with Matt Riddle in the fucking new day. Like, what are we fucking doing here? I don't understand. It's just, it's just fucking weird. Uh, moving on because i'm done i mean drew mcintyre i like drew i want to i want what's best for drew and it sucks that nothing about him when he comes off the tv screen playing this tweener character is special at all it's not could the turn when the turn eventually happens could it be to a certain degree short but it is nowhere near what you could have done at money in the bank bro and that's all i'm saying could we be doing this better that's it. Kofi Kingston versus Ivar in a Viking rules match. Yes, guys, Viking rules match. Sound familiar? It 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 sh- it fucking should because we legit saw this match not too long ago between these same two fucking teams in a tag team match in Viking in Viking rules. Right. And here's the thing with Viking rules, guys. Like vi- all they fucking did was just place shields around the fucking ring. <laughs> they called it Viking rules. Like, guys, like, what the fuck? And and again, it's Kofi Kingston and Ivar. Does that sound familiar as well? It should because we've seen it what feels like 10,000 fucking times now when it comes to this, bro. Guys, I'm not kidding. This is the list of matches over the past several weeks. So tonight was Kofi Kingston versus Ivar. Just last week, we got Ivar versus Xavier Woods. Xavier Woods defeated Ivar. Back on September 18th, Ivar defeated Kofi Kingston. So not even less than three to four weeks ago, we had this same freaking match, and a couple weeks later, we're getting the same shit, but now it's Viking Rules. <laughs> Just place a bunch of shields around the ring, and they called it fucking Viking Rules. Wow. What else, man? What else? August 26th was Viking. the Viking Raiders defeat the New Day, and then August 7th, the New Day defeat the Viking Raiders. Guys, here, here's, my, here, here's, here's my words of wisdom to everybody. Never apologize for having standards and never be afraid to raise them. And that's it, bro. So for this match, Shield, again. Shields are just surrounding the fucking ring, calling it a Viking rules match. Uh, Kofi grabs Ivar by his beard, throwing him through the table. Uh, Van Halen gets involved. Xavier Woods runs down the rampway you know woods and ben valhalla and valhalla whatever the fuck her name is a woods sidesteps valhalla goes over the barricade into the timekeepers area ivar takes out xavier woods ivar puts kofi through a table and then hits his moonsault for the w is ivar and valhalla stand tall guys i don't i don't know what the fuck you want me to say guys i really don't it's just again man we just continue to repeat the vicious cycle of tag matches, Viking rules matches, singles matches with these two fucking teams. And I'm over it, dude. I'm so fucking over it. This is your tag division, bro. In a fucking nutshell. Nothing but fucking redundancy. Moving on. Um, Nia Jax uh, faces Raquel Rodriguez. Smiling Raquel Rodriguez. Back from commercial, she's in the ring, fucking smiling. Guys, I I don't understand, bro, what smiling Raquel Rodriguez is fucking doing for her. Like, the crowd couldn't give less of a shit about this woman, and yet nothing, nothing is different, right? That's all she does is show off her back muscles and fucking smile, right? Every now and then you get some cool little moments from Raquel, and that's why I'm frustrated, dude. You could honestly be doing a lot for Raquel, but all you have her do majority of the time is just smile like that. Right. And show off her fucking back muscles enough. Like my God, man, it's like, you're going up against Nia Jax, who's supposedly right. Trying to believe that she's this dominant, irresistible force. And she's doing, and she's just smiling from ear to ear. Like, yeah. Cause smiling Raquel has been helping her wonders. Hasn't it? It's not cutting it guys. It's not cutting it. Um, this match ends via DQ Rhea Ripley, your women's champion, your women's world champion gets involved, forcing the disqualification. Shayna Baszler gets involved as well. Both women get into it. It's like, no, Nia Jax like, no, Nia's mine. No, I want Nia. No, I do. And then fricking Shayna Baszler takes out Rhea Ripley with a knee. Nia Jax retreats up the rampway. So obviously, I mean, I'm not going to, the result of this is fine. Um, it was actually fine for what it for what it was, actually, that, yes, I'm actually speaking somewhat positive about a Nia Jack segment or a match. I mean, neither one of these ladies can freaking lose. They're two of your pretty much, I guess you can call your powerhouses of your division. Uh, obviously, this had to end in some type of DQ or fuck finish. So that part, I, do, I don't mind. But then you have Shayna Baszler, right? You have Shayna Baszler, you know, taking out Rhea Ripley. Okay, great, right? It, the problem is, though, with Shayna Baszler, you have done nothing— Up until this point, for you to put her in the same ring with your women's world champion, for people to give a fuck about her. She's backstage trying to talk all tough that she's the baddest woman in the women's division. Like, Shayna, you've been doing nothing but fucking lose. You've been rolled up countless times looking like the biggest jobber in, 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 on the face of the fucking earth. You've lost match after match after match. You've been placed in tag teams that nobody gives a fuck about. Like, who is who is this company trying to fucking fool here? It, it, like, Shayna Baszler, all this shit that comes out of her mouth, it's not believable because she's booked like fucking garbage, it's. I want to believe she is a true badass. That's what sucks. <laughs> that that's the shittiest part about this. She's actually a legit badass, but you wouldn't know that from your booking, from 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 her booking, because it's it's that fucking bad. Because she loses, she gets rolled up, guys. I mean, don't take my word for it. Look back months and months and months of Shayna Baszler's journey up until this point. She's been fucking irrelevant, bro. And now you put her in, in there with your women's champion. You expect people, especially your casual fans that are filling up these sold out arenas. Right. And nobody fucking cares about her because hardly no, nobody wants to care about her because she constantly loses. And you book her as a said fucking jobber for months on months. And that's it. And that's really all I fricking have. Um, it's just a shame, man. Shayna Baszler, you know, say what you want her about her in-ring ability. She's stiff or whatever the fuck. Dude, she is a legit bona fide badass that should be booked as such, bro. It's not, it should not be that fucking difficult to book someone like Shayna Baszler. It's just it just shouldn't be. Moving on into uh hour number two. We have Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. They hit the ring to start off our number two. Jey Uso, he's hyped up another w- about winning the tag titles, recapping their tag title victory at Fastlane last week. Michael Cole, of course, is in the ring as he presses Cody Rhodes about finishing the story. And, like, Cody Rhodes is kind of, like, speechless. He's like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, you know, I finished the story, but I'm very content with being a tag team wrestler. I'm so excited! <laughs> Just being the tag team wrestler, like it's just it's so guys the booking of cody is so fucking weird it's just like it's like he's he's like in the ring and he's confused he's like oh it's like ah oh, do i want to finish the story uh, what do i do uh michael cole's got like what the fuck man it's just bro. <laughs> i have right guys i have i have no words man uh, but cody rhodes your top baby face, your top star is holding on the tag team gold. I mean, Jesus Christ. Listen, I get it, guys. There's also people that came came across to me about, oh, well, this is easier to get to Cody Rhodes or to get Cody versus Roman. You have him freaking hold on to a tag team title. But guys, like, you can't jeopardize these fucking titles as a prop. These are tag titles. You're supposed to have a tag division. Right With tag team wrestlers, not a tag team, not with two individual competitors thrown into a team and you call themselves a tag team. It's not how it fucking works, bro. It's just like you can't sacrifice what you're trying to do with Cody, sacrificing the, the prestige of your tag titles. Because there is no fucking tag division. What Whatever. It's just like, it's just, this was really fucking weird. Like Cody Rhodes, he's like that. He's acting all speechless. Like it's just, it's so weird. Like it's like now he's content with just being a tag team title holder. Uh, I don't know, but you know, and listen, we'll get to more of Cody Rhodes because there actually was a segment um, in on SmackDown as they were all, they also defended um, their tag titles on SmackDown. And I have a different little, Different look on things, you know, after I saw that from last night, but we'll get to that when we get to SmackDown. Um, so KO and Sami Zayn, they hit the ring. Um, you know, Zayn just congratulates them from winning the titles. He's conflicted about, you know, them winning the titles. I want it back. And KO's like, nah, man, like I don't I don't have any sympathy for y'all. I want my fucking titles back. And this just and this leads to a tag title match for later on in the night. So we'll talk more about that once we get into that set match. Um, Up next, we have Bronson Reed versus Chad Gable versus Ricochet. Uh, Winner gets an IC title match. Guys, why the fuck is Ricochet competing to get an opportunity (laughs) for a fucking title? Guys, what has Ricochet done? Guys, I want people to really think about this for a second. What has Ricochet done besides get his ass whooped by Shinsuke Nakamura as they were brawling backstage uh, earlier on in the first hour? And they were in an altercation backstage, or or not backstage, excuse me, when Ricochet was coming up the rampway. We're giving these people frickin' title opportunities when it's not even believable that they would even get a frickin' title opportunity. Ricochet has done fucking nothing but be a punching bag for weeks. I, I mean, guys, make it fucking make sense. Anyway, I'm moving on. Uh anyway, so Shinsuke, he blindsides Ricochet during his entrance. So, you know, after the after this match was over, Ricochet's backstage. He wants to find Nakamura. He wants Nakamura backstage. And Adam Pierce makes a match between Ricochet and Nakamura as he runs into him backstage saying that match is false count anywhere. So cool. So Ricochet is, or excuse me, Shinsuke Nakamura is going right back to where he left off before his feud with Seth Rollins for the world title. Just face Ricochet a bunch of few more fucking times. Yeah, that's really going to get him right back on track. You know, of course he's going to win the said match. I get it. But like, man, we can't do better for Shinsuke, bro. How many times do I need to see Shinsuke and Ricochet in the same fucking ring in a said match? Like, how many fucking times, dude? Do we not have anything better for frickin' Ricochet? And I'm gonna, or excuse me, for Shinsuke. I'm gonna get to Shinsuke a little bit more after this match is over, but. um, So yeah, Chad Gable hits a German suplex to Ricochet. Bronson Reed hits a running senton onto both competitors. Uh, Bronson Reed hits Ricochet via the Tsunami Slam from the top rope and wins this match. As next week, Bronson Reed will face Gunther... For the IC title. So I believe next week or this coming Monday is going to be Raw's uh, season premiere. So they got, I guess they want to make that into a semi type of pay per view feel. So they're throwing out an IC title match and you have Gunther versus Bronson Reed. Now it sounds badass. I know that sounds pretty cool. Bronson Reed and Gunther, that sounds great, sounds really cool, sounds fun. Here's the problem it's heel versus heel, guys. Like, this company doesn't want to bother. Guys, it's at to the point where we just throw out the foundations of a story of a protagonist and an antagonist. We just now say, fuck it. Let's just put two heels in a freaking match. You know, people are just gonna freaking pander over it because it's it's two great in-ring competitors, and we both like and respect them. No one's going to say anything about it being heel versus heel. Nobody's going to fucking care. That's why. And this company doesn't even want to bother anything, anything making sense. Bronson Reed is also another dude where you have not done besides have him win a a handful of matches. And, And that's step one, right? Which is good. That's a good thing that WWE does. Put him on a winning streak, make him feel important that he's winning matches. But that's, he hasn't done, he hasn't been involved in anything, Right? He, he truly he's been involved in you know freaking matches weekend with Shinsuke and and, and, Rico- and ricochet, you know going leading into money in the bank and then more matches after that. So they put him on a winning streak, which was good. They make him lose in defeat, staying somewhat staying face and that's great. but now you throw him in this icy title opportunity. Is that truly helping his booking? because he's not going to win that, that championship. And you can't just have a heel out heel the other heel. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's fucking ass backwards. That's just the fucking wrestling, the fucking wrestling world that we live in now is just fuck it. Let's just throw a heel in a heel in a match for a title and no one's going to say a fucking word, but let me get to Ricochet and I'm going to move on here into the third hour. Look, it's, it's interesting with Ricochet because man, this character is so damn good. I've been truly enjoying Shinsuke's work. This character, him showing up on the Titan Tron with the the subtitles in his native language. It's fucking badass, man. And now with that character, he's lost two big matches, right? Two big matches. So you got to have something truly special for Shinsuke Nakamura after these two said defeats. And the first thing that they do is throw him right back with Ricochet. Right from the fucking jump. Come on, dude. It's fucking lazy. And it tells me that you don't care. What else is there need to see that I haven't already seen from these two? They're going to hit each other with, with some shares, with some steel steps. Guys, come on, man. Like stop enough. So it's going to be interesting to see where, where Shinsuke goes from here after these two said losses, you know, does he finally finish up with Ricochet and move on to something bigger and better? I freaking hope so. Can't confidently say that otherwise, though. Um, DIY is backstage. They're being interviewed by Wade Barrett, you know, talking about is DIY officially back? Or are you guys reforming? Or are you back in the tag division? And Before Gargano can say anything, Imperium attacks them from behind. He gets boot. Johnny Gargano gets a boot in the foss as uh, DIY is left laying and Imperium. Um, stand tall as they walk out the locker room. Really good segment, man. I really, truly like this, man. And that's the thing. If you want to build a tag division with people like Imperium, with, with people like with DIY, that's how you fucking do it, right? I understand that Imperium are great in-ring performers. They're a great tag team. But put them in situations like this to make me care even more about them, right? I've seen enough of their in-ring work. I know that they're special. and And I know, you know, if booked properly you know, not just being Gunther's freaking lackeys, that they can they can dominate that tag division. And if you book them as such, like segments like that can get me on board. There's a conversation, right? And same with, with DIY. The problem is with DIY, and I said it, you know, last time I talked about DIY, is that you, again, you haven't done anything with both of these two to book them properly. They've both been irrelevant since they've been to the main roster. If you're a casual fan, you don't know, what diy this team even really is so is this team truly helping right is it truly helping both of these two right or are you just using them as a crutch are you using this these two being in a team as a crutch because you've had nothing for them as singles competitors and you throw them in this tag team in an irrelevant tag division and you expect that that's going to just solve all your problems? It's it's not. I'm just saying that. That may sound fucking harsh to you guys, but it's just it's just the reality, right? Champa and Gargano have done nothing in this in, in, on this main roster. There's no backstory about these two as a team. You just expect these two to you know DIY. You should know who that is, and that's that's what they're doing. And, and it's doing more harm than good. And you're just using it as a crutch because you've done nothing with them as single as singles competitors so but if you do segments like that man you know overall with what that segment was if you do stuff like that i'm freaking on board uh drew mcintyre defeats jd mcdonough freaking jd didn't have a freaking chance at all freaking jd was backstage with the judgment day freaking damian priest is once again pissed at jd after freaking destroying his kneecap from freaking fast lane causing them the titles so jd's trying to earn the trust back with the judgment day to no avail as uh Drew McIntyre wins via the future shock and the Claymore kick. So I don't know, man. Well, <laughs> I, I said my piece about Drew from the, stop, from the start of this review. So, and that's that's all I'm going to say about it. Um, Our number three, we have Becky Lynch versus Tegan Knox for the NXT Women's Championship. Uh, Becky Lynch wins this match via the Disarmer. Submission. Tegan Knox, she puts up a good fight, but to no avail. So, look, man, with Tegan Knox, listen, I, I understand, you know, with Tegan Knox, you know, to some people, she could be, she is a good fit to be in this type of open challenge or whatever against Becky Lynch. I get it. You know, you want to put her on, you know, put her on the map, right? That's the term that people like to use. You know, you know Becky put, you know, they put Tegan Knox on the map right it's just but here's the thing man like and now but like what is this now doing for so she goes toe to toe with Becky Lynch so now she was in a backstage segment with Natalia as well as freaking Piper Niven and Chelsea Green so what now she's going to be thrusted into this women's tag division oh that's great another tag division that couldn't feel any less important so that so that's so that's the that's the big, that's the prize. That's the consolation prize for Tegan. Congrats, Tegan. You went, you you had a really good hard fought match, hard fought match with Becky Lynch. Now, here you go. Here's Natalia. Just, you know, just have fun with that. Have fun with the tag division. You know, we'll, we'll call you when we have something for you. That, that's that's it, man. Um, You know, it's just, and look, I get it, man, to a certain degree. Like you want to put some of these people that may not have that type of, What's that word I'm looking for? That type of it factor—you kind of need to show off their strengths and hide their weaknesses. And for Tegan Knox, it's a wrestling match. I get it, but when you do it to so many people, right, in losing efforts, it's just like, what the fuck? You you think to yourself, like, what the hell's going on in NXT? Like, who's developing these talents? They never—they come up to the main roster and they always just fucking lose these matches. Um, not saying that Tegan Knox should have freaking beat Becky Lynch. I'm not saying that at all, but but still, man, it's just okay. She wins this match, or she she goes toe to toe with Becky. She looks somewhat somewhat looks dominant, I guess. But here's the thing, though, guys. Now her consolation prize is being in a tag team with Natalia, because that's what it's most likely leading to. And it and is and what is it doing? I'll tell you what it's doing. Absolutely nothing. And that's, that's all I got. So, you know, so, I mean, you just asked yourself, you know, did this match truly help Tegan Knox get over, you know, she's like, you know, they, you proved to her that she's a good wrestler, like 90 freaking percent of your goddamn freaking roster is, (laughs) you know, majority guys of everybody's a good freaking wrestler, but now what you throw her in with Natalia and a tag team. Great. Fantastic. They're going to go after tag gold. Like anybody gives a shit. You know, that may sound harsh, guys, but it's just the reality. Um, we move on into our main event. So this was Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso versus Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So there was a, this was a funny, this was a funny part of the show. So Ludwig Kaiser had a video package, right? It was some type of video package. And obviously with these video packages, people from inside of the arena can see on the Titan Tron, right? So Kevin Owens and <laughs> they're, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens are in the ring the the camera cuts off the video package ends the camera cuts back to sammy Zayn and kevin owens kevin owens is 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 sitting on the top turnbuckle and he has this baffled look on his face and he turns to sam and he goes what the hell was that <laughs> like kevin <laughs> dude kevin owens is great like kevin owens he shows me he shows me flashes of like just his personality or the character that he plays and in, he, it reminds me of how much I truly appreciate it and love Kevin Owens. I really truly do. He like looks at Kaiser's video package and, it, and he's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> he had Sami Zayn's trying to legit hold back laughter as he says it. Uh, that was pretty funny. I, mean, I, just, I just had to bring that up. So, uh, But this main event, man. So Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso, they defend their tag titles against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, Jay hits a super kick to Zayn followed by a crossroads. Cody hits or they or both Cody and Jey Uso. They win the match via a Cody cutter slash a one D finisher for the win. Kevin Owens takes the pinfall and Cody Rhodes and Jey Uso retain their titles. Uh, Show ends with both teams taking shaking hands. What the fuck guys like this? (laughs) Even Kevin Owens, bro, even Kevin Owens, they shake their hands and, and both heels or excuse me, both faces. They shake hands. They raise each other's arms up, and we go off the air, guys. What are we like? Uh, what? What is the shtick of of both face like faces and faces facing each other in a match and, and just hugging it out and, and shaking hands like that, Like that's wrestling in twenty twenty three. It's all about the work rate and the mutual respect. Be- like, come on, dude. You put on a good, decent tag match, okay. Now you gotta give me something as we go off the air. No, we just show mutual respect, like oh, great match. You hug and kiss, and it's just like, God, what the fuck? Why do we keep doing this, bro? Like it's fucking weird. It's really weird that we see we we're, we see a lot of this shtick where we, people just show mutual respect. They hug and they handshake. Like it's it's so fucking bizarre. And 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 that's how you end the show, you end the show with no cliffhanger. You give me no reason for me to watch fucking next week. I I mean, for fuck's sake, man! It's just that that's all. That's all what this freaking wrestling world is nowadays. It's the work rate. Right, Seth Rollins. People praises praise Seth Rollins and his work rate with the championship, and it's mutual respect, like it's actual competition. Right? Newsflash, everybody: Frickin' professional wrestling is predetermined. Right? You know, it's just that that's just the freaking reality. If you want to cry into your fucking pillow, go ahead. Right, but I, I I won't I won't be afraid to pull the curtain back just a frickin' little bit. Okay, you know, it's just that's just what it is. What it is, right? You know, it's like telling it's like telling a kid, like, "Hey, Santa Claus is not real." You know, the Easter Bunny's not real. Newsflash: both they're both not real. <laughs> Wrestling is predetermined. It's just a freaking fact. <laughs> this is a this is a television show. It's not a fucking. It's not a. It's it's not a competitive sport. I mean, god damn it! Anyway, that's Monday Night Raw. So hopefully, hopefully. We get we we turn the corner here when, when it comes to SmackDown. Is SmackDown any better? This can SmackDown get us get get us back on track here? Well, let us find out. Let's jump straight into Smackdown here. Uh Friday night Smackdown. Uh this was just last night, October 13, 2023. They were live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. As John Cena starts the show off, and he is immediately interrupted by a returning tribal chief. That is Roman Reigns. Uh, Freaking Roman Reigns tells Tulsa that they are cheering for a coward, and he's like, "Listen, he's like, you're only here because I took my leave, you know." And he goes on to say, "You know, people are, and now people have the nerve, right? You, you, you come here because I took, I took this sweet, beautiful month and a half vacation, and now people have the nerve to call you the greatest of all time when you're looking at them." Um, so it was like, like that interactional, but again, even though w- we get frustrated with Roman holding on to this title and his, in his schedule nowadays, but every time he comes back, man, he just reminds you how good he's, he's become and how much he has turned a corner in, in his wrestling, in his wrestling career. It's just, it's really cool to see, And that's just something that I just have to acknowledge, right? So, so that's, that's pretty much it, man. So he tells, he tells John Cena to leave or he will make him leave. John Cena states like, listen, I'm not here to challenge you, Roman. He's like, because I haven't earned it. I haven't earned the right to challenge you, but I know someone who has. And that person's name is L.A. Knight. Yeah, L.A. Knight's music hits. He enters the ring. Roman's face is fucking amazing. He's like, he's looking to the crowd. He's looking back in L.A. Knight. Like, this is this is the guy. Like, what the who the hell are you? Who are you? Who is he? <laughs> Freaking love it, man. Absolutely love it. For Roman's facial expressions. It is it, it. It's better than him talking on the microphone. It's fucking gold um you know listen he says that it, la Knight states to roman saying that things have changed since you have since you've been sitting on your couch for a month and a half and then roman states to la Knights like listen who the hell do you think you are thinking that you can challenge to me like you you're you can go one-on-one near you, that you're on my level that you're on the tribal chief's level and la Knight says well i'm the fastest rising star on smackdown yeah so <laughs> as LA Knight says, a few more choice words, Jimmy Uso attacks LA Knight from behind. John Cena's in the corner, by the way, like he's backed off, like he's added this, but he's still in the corner of the ring. Solo is also there as well as with Paul Heyman, but Jay Uso, he attacks uh, LA Knight from behind. He wasn't out there when Roman Reigns came out there during his entrance. So he comes out from behind from God knows where through the crowd or whatever, Um, And then LA Knight tosses Jimmy out the ring. He gets back right into Roman's face and Roman Reigns walks off. He tells Solo to handle him. He's like, forget Cena. I said, I need you to handle LA Knight, handle him. And Solo jumps on the ring apron and he challenges LA Knight later on in the main event. So, I've said this for the past few weeks, haven't I? About you know they could possibly be rushing LA Knight and and Roman, and here we are. It seems like we're gonna get this maybe a crown jewel, or who knows, maybe at the Royal Rumble, you know. So, so look, man, and I can't help but think, and I can't compare this similar to Sami Zayn, right? Listen, I understand to a certain degree. That, L, that's, that Roman Reigns had to defeat Sami Zayn at that Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. But think about this for a second, man. Sami Zayn was white hot going into that said match. And yes, he had a tremendous moment with Kevin Owens winning tag gold. But let's be honest, man. Sami Zayn after that match has never been the same since. And now you have LA Knight where finally for the past seven to eight, nine months, you didn't want to push this dude. Right, it's taking you that freaking long because your hands were tied. You were forced because of how loud this this the crowd and this and these fans have been chanting for this dude non freaking stop. Your hands were tied. You're also trying to get this dude to extend, have a contract extension at some point, and now you're finally pushing this dude to the moon to be face to face with Roman Reigns. Thank God I digress. I'm freaking loving it. So but now here's the thing you know, Roman Reigns is most likely going to beat LA Knight for this said title. And the question is now, is it too soon? Part of me feels like it is. And because the last thing that you want to do, man, regardless if you like LA Knight or not, it's irrelevant, right? Put that to the side, please. Put it, put it aside. Put it, put it just on the back burner. You know, just listen to this. Is LA Knight in a match with Roman Reigns Is that going to derail his momentum? You know, my answer is this. As much as I hate the fact that they're rushing this to a degree, as long as there is longevity for LA Knight, because once Sami Zayn was attached to the hip with KO and holding tag titles, there was nothing for Sami Zayn. And this is honestly a very similar trait to what LA Knight is in right now to where the dude had all the momentum in the world. He was white hot. You know, finally, the you know, this company is giving him that said rocket right now. But is this loss to Roman, is being fed to Roman Reigns going to derail that? Well, the question is if they truly have something for this dude long-term. That's the real question. So can he take this loss to a degree? Yes. You know, it depends how he he loses in defeat. And, and what he has in store moving forward. So that's, that's, that's my take on it, man. I I just wish that, you know, they, that LA Knight just doesn't go right back into that. This momentum just doesn't derail him after this loss. You know, that's just my gripe about it, man. You know, so we'll, we'll see. it's, it's. It's nerve wracking, man, because I- I've been I've been speaking so highly about LA Knight because I listen to I listen and I read the freaking room and the and the room temperature screams that LA Knight is the guy right now, outside of Cody Rhodes. You know, again, and Cody Rhodes has been booked like shit for freaking weeks and months now. We have pretty deadly taking on the brawling brutes. Pretty deadly wins this match via the awe inspiring, the ultra devastating maneuver. In all of professional wrestling. Roll up. The roll up finish. That's right, guys. The roll up finish. However, man, I don't mind this finish at all. Because with Pretty Deadly, it fits the fucking character. Pretty Deadly, guys, has just their mannerisms and how they win these matches. So freaking Kit Wilson, he cheap shots Holland for... Elton Prince to roll up Rich Holland. Now, I guess you could say to a certain degree, Rich Holland, he's a big boy. He's getting rolled up by a a, a less bigger dude in Elton Prince. I get it, but still, man, it's just, you believe, it's the believability, though, that outweighs the the blunder that is the roll-up finish because, yes, we do see this roll-up finish quite often, and I've expressed that heavily for a while now. But, man, with Pretty Deadly, like, they... Feel like a true defined tag team, and they have honestly been booked as such, man. The way that they've been winning matches, it's believable. It fits their character. It's really refreshing to see a team like Pretty Deadly right now. It truly is, man. You know, in in a tag team division that couldn't be any more relevant, but Pretty Deadly has become a breath of fresh air. They really have been, man. Of some of the vignettes that they've been pulling off the with, with uh, Elton Prince's uh shoulder injury, freaking love it, man. The comedy sticks that they do. It, it's it's awesome, bro. It's refreshing and they're on their way. They are they are on their way and it's it it just comes down to this company keep keeping that momentum for these two and and, and putting a tag team division around them, man. So that's that's it, man. So really good stuff from Pretty Deadly. I'm really getting into their shtick and I just hope this momentum for from them continues. Uh, Carlito, Carlito being cool. Uh, he is in an interview backstage. Uh, Bobby Lashley interrupts. He welcomes back Carlito. Um, you know, they say a few words. I think uh, Carlito mentioned about challenging Lashley to a match. The Street Prophets attack Carlito from behind. Lashley uh, is about to use a steel chair while Adam Pearson officials interfere. They separate everybody and Carlito is left laying. Well, fucking thank you, man. Can I get a freaking clap for where was this a month ago <laughs> like, where was this booking right from from lashley and the street profits legit a month and a half ago where the fuck has this been like that's how you book these fucking people bro i freaking lo- it was good <laughs> like that's what i mean man it's like that's what they should have been doing from the jump. That's what I've been screaming for. But yet, for weeks we play this early said friction between these between this this faction, this group. They lost a big match at Fastlane, which still has me baffled. And they and and now they attack Carlito from behind, which I can get behind. It was good. That make that makes Lashley and the Street Profits look badass. It's not that difficult. <laughs> fuck, man. It just drives me up a wall how you could do the most simplistic stuff and it could do wonders for a faction, for a team. Why couldn't you do this a month ago, bro? Like, fuck. <laughs> just frustrates me, man, because I do see the potential. I see what everybody else sees in this team, guys, this faction. I truly do. But man, it's just like they have just—they haven't done anything to captivate anybody. Sure, it sounds cool, right? Lashley and the Street Profits—the look is there, right? It—it—it all—it all can fall into place, but they—they they have them lose in their first fucking match as a faction. So look, man, I just now—you look—you have this attack, good. That's a good look for that. Keep it going, bro. Keep make them feel dominant from week on out. Please. Please. Do not please. I swear to God, if we if we take another two steps back with the with this faction, I, I swear to God. But hey, this is good, bro. Really good stuff. Frickin' finally. Took you a freaking month to do such. Uh Bailey is up next. She defeats Selena Vega via the rose plant finisher in a one-on-one match. The match was hardly even 3 minutes in length. Damage control attacks uh Selena Vega after the match. Charlotte Flair, the Queen Charlotte Flair makes the save and we go to commercial break. So yeah, man. So look, hey, freaking bailey wins a fucking match for once holy shit guys how many times have i been freaking so vocal about bailey losing matches all the time well she freaking won a match and it's it's to the extent of selena vega you know it's just man the lwo listen i know people had high hopes for the lwo and everything man but it is a shame to even for selena vega right it's so weird The way Selena Vega's been booked, we thought that she was gonna get somewhat of a semi push after that match at Backlash. She had that really special moment in Puerto Rico, and after that, man, nothing. I can't help but think back, even during the pandemic, the pandemic era when she was, uh, you know, the manager of uh, of Andrade as well as others, and she was just this this loudmouth, you know, loudmouth manager, you know, this woman from New York. It was freaking. It was freaking Goldman. She's good. I mean, she can talk. She has that capability. She has that charisma that ooze out of her being a manager, being a mouthpiece, bro. And now you have her in the ring, which is good, which is fine. Which is fine. I can take that. She. I mean, she has proven to you that she's not just a talker. She's not just a, a manager in a pretty face. She could go in that ring. But if you're going to have her do such, man, like it's just, man, you gave her that moment at Backlash and now with the LWO. You know, I mentioned it to somebody on TikTok not too long ago. Like, they, she as well as the rest of LWO couldn't feel any less important than they do right now. And with Bailey, man, it's just like Bailey, I've been frustrated with her and her booking for the longest time. And again, this is a woman that is just, is again, one of your top stars of this industry. And she's just, she's just another woman on the roster. And this is just another example of just, again, a segment to where I, I I'm, nobody's probably going to remember <laughs> weeks and months, years from now. And just, you know, this, this still in a predicament of booking these women properly. And that includes Bailey. I mean, yeah, you have EO sky, you have some, you know, EO sky is finally champion. She's getting a little bit of steam, you know, with these big victories at these said pay-per-views. But for people like Bailey, Selena Vega, Shayna Baszler, even the people I mentioned on Raw earlier on in this review, it's just I I don't know what we're doing, man. It's just the women continue to a certain extent, just continue to get the short end of the stick. And it's Bailey out of all people that's at the top of that totem pole. So I don't know, man. It's just it's truly it's just truly frustrating to, to, to really think about with Bailey. Bailey should be running on all cylinders and she just, she just doesn't feel important. She's just writing what EO sky is involved in right now. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's like, I get it, man. It's just, she's involved in what EO sky is doing, but man, it's, this is Bailey, man. Ba- Bailey should be feeling a certain type of way. She should be in a story that should be captivating motherfuckers but yet she's in this said story that involves EO sky and her championship. And she just feels like another member on the roster. That's just what she's felt man, for the longest time, ever since she's came back, you know, at SummerSlam with damage control. And they've been booked like fucking dog shit. And they've felt nowhere near the, just the importance and the, and the prestige as, as a faction. So I don't know, man, it's just, it's frustrating, bro. It really is. Let's move on to our number two, triple H Paul Levesque, uh, his music hits and enters the ring. He praises Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce is in the ring with him for the job that he has done. And he promotes Adam Pierce as the general manager of raw. Uh, Dominic Mysterio interrupts really fucking weird. Does he have the visitors pass? Does anybody know? I mean, he he's a raw superstar. I, what, well, oh, cause he has an NXT championship. I, what like guys like what the fuck? <laughs> He just shows up to like, what are the security, bro? Like, where are the security at? Like, this dude's supposed to be a a raw superstar and and he comes on to smack again, man. That this brand split dude, it drives me up a fucking wall. I'm just saying. I know that might be nitpicking, but what? And I'm just, I'm just saying, bro. Um, you know, and listen, he's, he's ranting about, uh, the freaking tag match for later on, you know something about the judgment day and being involved in a tag title match. Oh yes. And I forgot to mention that guys. Like I said, you're going to get the judgment. I said it freaking at fast You're, you're going to get the judgment day, Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso. Well, guess what? They've wasted no fucking time. That's going to be on Monday night raw this Wednesday, this Monday, get fucking used to it, bro. And that's what Cody Rhodes, right? That That's where his story is now has now come to. All the way until at least to where maybe he faces Roman at some point at Mania, Who freaking knows where that's leading to with him. But for the time being, bro, he's gonna be with the fucking Judgment Day tag matches, singles matches. That's what they're fucking doing, bro. And and, and not even a week or two later, and they're facing the Judgment Day again, again. You just it's the same shtick with Cody, or excuse me, with with uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Now it's the same shtick with now with Cody and and Jey Uso, and you're gonna keep seeing that shit for weeks and months, bro. Fucking telling you. Um, but anyway, getting back to the getting back to uh, to business here. Um, so Triple H states that listen, you're yelling at the wrong people. You need to be talking to the new G General Manager of SmackDown as Nick Atlas, very famous on Impact in the independent scene, got no fucking reaction. Which again, if you're a casual fan, which I've said before those casual fans is what kind of fills up those arenas, those sold out arenas. So it doesn't shock me that he got no reaction. And that really sucked. <laughs> uh, that really sucked for Nick. I truly, I truly do man. Uh, Cause he is damn. If you, if you know this guy from impact and these other promotions outside of WWE um, this dude, this dude was a solid, this dude is solid man. He was, he's, he's a solid talent. If you, if you know him outside of the, uh, the WWE industry, um, but he is brought on board as now as the general manager of SmackDown. He greets Adam Pearce, you know, talking about, you know, looking to have good competitive competition between brands. He coasts to Dominic Mysterio. He says, hey, I'm a huge fan of your dad. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> that was fucking that was that was great. <laughs> that was good, man. That dad got a pop out of me. I'm not going to lie. It really did. That shit was really good. Um, so then they go on to talk about the trade, right? This trade now that Jey Uso is a part of raw, well, they now reveal who that SmackDown participant is in that said trade. And it's Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is revealed as the newest member of SmackDown. He stuns Dominic Mysterio and Kevin Owens stands tall. So look, man. So first things first, so the the GMs, you know, you have GMs back in, in, in the, uh, in WWE, you have the general managers back, which I freaking to a degree, man. I, I truly enjoy that, man. I've I've stated before on this podcast and on this platform, man. Like I missed the the GMs and what they bring to a said show. You know, if some you know, and get them involved. You know, have them be involved in a in a storyline. Have them play like in a play a said role in a story moving forward. You know, like you just just have them continue to be involved and and make it make shit just interesting. Um, so I I do like that man, you know. In regards to with Nick Atlas, man, it's it sucks that he got pretty much no reaction. Nobody knew who the fuck this guy was, and you know it, that definitely sucks to a degree. So, but in regards to the whole general manager stick, I like it, you know. With Adam Pierce, I mean. People already walk over this fucking dude like he's a piece of garbage. I mean, we we've seen that for years with Adam Pierce. That's why I call Adam Pierce "find my balls," Pierce, because he has no fucking balls. He just lets the entire roster just walk all all, all over his fucking ass. So I, I don't know if that's gonna. It's just gonna be the same shtick as what he was doing as an official. It probably gonna be is, but just the role, just being the role as GM. It's just you know, and what that could be. Right. And how special that could be if you involve them in stuff that could be special. So I'm going to give it a chance. Part of me still feels like it's just going to be the same shtick with Adam Pierce over the past for, for years now. And now he's just he just has this GM role. Same with Nick, Nick Atlas. Oh, and he he didn't waste any time giving Charlotte Flair a rematch for the women's championship and i'm like oh my fucking god (laughs) the first thing that nick atlas does as gm is give charlotte flair a fucking title opportunity go figure right go figure uh she comes face to face so charlotte flair in that backstage segment she uh she comes face to face with jade Cardgill that's right guys Jade Cargill made an appearance on Smackdown. If you didn't see it well, it was only for about 30 seconds in this said segment. Um, you know, Charlotte's like nice to meet you and Jade Cargill's like, it's my pleasure and Flair's like, oh, it will be and Charlotte Flair walks off. so interesting man interesting. So look, you know there's talks saying that oh Jade's gonna go to raw. you know that was kind of the first reports about where Jade Cargill's gonna go um you know and look so look Charlotte and Jade Cargill in a non-title feud I would I would be okay with it honestly I actually wouldn't really freaking mind that at all even though I can book Jade Cargill at 10 million different ways better especially introducing her to casual fans that may not know about AEW and about her character you know but it is good to see that they are pumping her up as, as an important piece, right? Like she, like she is an important, you know, member of this female's division that needs to be taken seriously. So to that aspect, I like, however, man, like the first with Charlotte flair, like, I'm sorry, man. Like, I understand, like you look at the visual and some people might freaking go might have freaking hard eyes like oh my god Charlotte Flair and Jade Cargill. I can think of several women that would be just as better for Jade Cargill to be in her fe- her first feud with freaking Jade Cargill versus Asuka, Jade Cargill versus Rhea Ripley, Jade Cargill versus Bianca Belair. Like I'm thinking several women that I would put Jade Cargill in a feud with than fucking Charlotte Flair. I mean guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, to a to a degree, if it's again, if it's non-title, I I can take that to a certain degree. But for that, if if that were if that were her to be her first legit feud, like ah, and would that's I mean, ah, or is that also you know a seed that's planted for what could could come in the future. And is would Jade Cardgill be the one to be fed to Charlotte Flair as well? Because I can also see that I, I could see this company doing that as well. Is is oh freaking now. This it's another another female talent, right? Another female talent that comes in just for Charlotte Flair to beat. You know, that, that would not shock me in the slightest. Again, I, I I've said it before too. I you know, Jade Cargill with with Lashley and the Street Profits, I think that that whole shtick. Would be freaking badass. It's sitting in their lap, but it seems like, at least from what the mannerisms or what the the temperature is feeling like in the room, it seems like that they want to, you know, elevate Jade Cargill as that top women's individual singles competitor. Um, you know, Raw or SmackDown, but it seems like eventually, man, you're gonna get Jade. You're gonna get Jade and Charlotte in the future. It's only a matter of when. You know, again, and I can think of you know many different feuds that would be 10 times better with Jay than a Charlotte Flair guys. I'm sorry. That may sound like I'm being a dick. I'm just, just being honest, bro. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being fucking honest. You know, freaking, you know, people are like losing their fucking minds over Charlotte and Jade Cargill. It's just like, come on, man. Like you're, you're going to go berserk over that over a, over a Jade Cargill versus Asuka, a Jade Cargill versus a Rhea Ripley, a Bianca Belair. like, come on bro stop (laughs) stop anyway moving on so we move on into another tag team title match this is now cody rhodes and jay uso versus austin theory and grayson waller Uh, cody rhodes springboards into the cody cutter and the 1d combo and cody rhodes hits the crossroads to austin theory for the w Uh, post-match jimmy uso and solo sokoa Confront uh both the tag champs at the rampway. And then slowly in the middle, you got the tribal chief Roman Reigns. And he has a really epic stare-down with Cody Rhodes at that rampway. And you can kind of see the look on his face. You know, I talked about with Cody Rhodes about, you know, it's 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 like the moral of the story. It's like he's content with just being a tag, a tag team title holder. And now you kind of see the look on on his face and maybe that's a seed planted to where, okay, now I remember what this, what this was all for. You know, like I remember the mission now. Like I remember that I need to finish this. And I remember what that feeling was like back at WrestleMania, looking into Roman Reigns' eyes. That was a cool moment, man. Really, really cool moment. There was another cool shot too oh, with LA Knight early on that I forgot to mention. There was a shot... Where LA, L.A. Knight had a a, a face, uh, the the camera was on L A Knight's face, and he's wearing his glasses, and in the reflection of his glasses is Roman Reigns' face looking back at him. That was that was also pretty cool, man. That was, hey Kevin Dunn, bro, Kevin. Hey, listen, that that's 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 good, bro. I like that. You, you you're you're onto something, bro. <laughs> that's not bad. I like it. I like it. So shout out to Kevin Dunn. I see what you're doing, bro. I, I see you. I see you, bro. Um, yeah, man. So now we move on to the main event. This was LA Knight versus Solo Sokoa. Let me say that right. LA Knight, yeah, versus Solo Sokoa. Um, so Jimmy Uso gets involved in this match. Cena evens up the odds. He hits an AA to Jay Uso in the middle of the ring. Uh Solo hits the Samoan spike to John Cena. LA Knight takes advantage and wins the match via the BFT finisher. Post-match, Roman Reigns spears the daylights out of LA Knight, spears him out of his freaking boots, uh, leaves LA Knight Lang, and your tribal chief, Roman Reigns, stands tall as SmackDown goes off the air. So, love it. Like, like it, man. Nice little ending to the show there. No, pretty, pretty simplistic, but very effective uh, with Roman, especially that seems like where where it's going right now with LA Knight and enrollment. And, and again, uh, hopefully with LA Knight that if that is the case that they're going to do it at crown jewel or, or Royal rumble, um, or survivor series, who the hell freaking knows, unless they have something special like war games. I know they did war games last year. I'm not a hundred percent sure if they're going to do it again, but so I'm going to end it with this man. And, and, and I was thinking about this a lot. Um, over the past several days, especially after this show, you know, it seems like to me, and this is where I don't usually do this a lot. And that's fantasy book. <laughs> I don't do like fantasy book. I'm just not that type of person to do such, but I I couldn't help but to do such, at least in this, in this very, in the, at least in this very situation, you know, when it comes to Roman Reigns and his trajectory towards WrestleMania because I mean, look, Roman reigns is going to be going into WrestleMania as the said champion. whether we like it or not, that is going to be that's going to be the case. So if you're booking this shit man, you know, who who do you have facing Roman reigns for that said championship? And to me right now there's there's four options right now. The first option, and probably your safest option, is Cody Rhodes in a second match. You know, does Cody Rhodes, you know, does he whether that's the Royal Rumble or not, I think that there's still a way where you can have Cody Rhodes face Roman Reigns without him winning the Rumble. I don't think you need to have him win the Rumble to face freaking uh to, to face Roman Reigns for that. I think that would be more best suited for someone else to win the Rumble, maybe like an LA Knight, maybe a Gunther, who freaking knows. Uh, but Cody Rhodes is your first option. Your second option is The Rock, right? Do they pull the trigger with The Rock? We've seen seeds have been planted a lot about with The Rock. When The Rock returned, Roman Reigns has been talking a lot about The Rock since his return not too long ago. So that's your second option. Your third option is L.A. Knight. Do you give the ball to L.A. Knight and let him be the one standing across from Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 40? Is he the guy? you know and do you sacrifice Cody Rhodes and his trajectory towards finishing the story and and his trajectory winning that said championship to give LA Knight and his big moment or and this is probably the most unlikely unlikely one out of all out of all of them is it CM Punk now i know there was talks about you know WWE and and CM Punk they're not in talks as there's no talks in right now I still believe that there is still a slight chance that CM Punk and WWE can still find a way to agree to a said deal. I truly, truly do call me crazy, but that's just, that's just my gut Um, that they can still find a way, especially again, now that Paul Levesque and Vince McMahon no longer have majority say At at least for me, man, you know, from my perspective, that is still on the table. Is it unlikely out of all these other three options? Absolutely. But that's also a trajectory you can go to with CM Punk. You know, now the other now here's the thing, too. You know, it's easy to fantasy book, right? To, to, To put up said matches, to put together said matches, you know, and the other question would be who goes over? Because if Roman Reigns, right, because I know that there's, you know, WWE truly wants to have Roman Reigns pass Hulk Hogan's 1,470-something title reign at some point, and that's going to probably be past WrestleMania 40. So if that's the case, man, because that would be ballsy to do, to once again have Roman Reigns leave WrestleMania 40 as your said champion. Now, out of, the, out of those four options that I just named, the only way that you can do such for that, to have Roman Reigns walk out as champion, is both Punk or The Rock. It's one of the... It, it, that's it. If, you're, if your trajectory, if your long-term plan is to either have Cody or LA Knight face Roman Reigns one-on-one for that said title, one of them has to fucking win it. I'm sorry. you like And listen, with Cody... And if it is Cody Rhodes... He has to win that fucking title. It may not be as big as a moment as you could have gotten at WrestleMania 39. It's still going to be a cool epic moment, but it's still, it's not going to be anywhere near what you could have had at WrestleMania 39 because everything to a T was laid out perfectly. And the way that Cody Rhodes has been built up until this point, man, oh, it's just like the moment again, the moment itself would be really cool. It's a cool visual to, 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 to have. But it's it's not going to be the moment that you had at, at WrestleMania 39. But still, you finally give Cody Rhodes this moment. But if you involve him in that said match, bro, he has to win. Same with LA Knight. That is, those are two those are two individuals to where if they lose, then fuck man, that's that's a big freaking... <laughs> I have no words on that. Just just thinking about it, but. Yeah, man, that's so, let me know what you guys think, man. You know, who do you guys have facing Roman Reigns at this point at Mania? Is it Cody? Is it LA Knight? Is it CM Punk? Or is it The Rock? Those are pretty much the four four options as of right now. You know, at least that's on the table. We shall soon find out, man. We shall soon find out. But let me know what you guys think, man. On Facebook, on our Instagram, TikTok. Let me know what you guys think. Who does Roman Reigns face and and who do you have going over? You know, once you fantasy book, you put this match together, who do you have go over? Does Roman Reigns drop the title? Do you have Roman Reigns surpassing WrestleMania 40 with that said championship? It's just a lot to think about, man. It's a lot to think about and a lot for this company to think about as well. And I'm gonna leave it at that, man. And that is your review. That is both your Raw and SmackDown review. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this weekend edition of Ruthless Talk, man. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. Make sure you guys stay tuned for a bunch more episodes to come this week. Not sure when the Monday Night Raw review is going to be for this week, for this coming Monday. Could be this Tuesday, could also be a week from now, as I could also be doing Both Raw and SmackDown haven't decided yet, so make sure you guys stay tuned. I will be posting up a schedule on both social media platforms, um, TikTok, Instagram, and of course as well our Facebook group, our Facebook page. So make sure you guys stay tuned for all of that when those announcements come. So once again, I want to thank... Brian, for being with me for that interview on our last episode. Again, if you haven't checked that out, make sure you guys go check that out. It's both on Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now. We interviewed Jay Bougie. He is an independent pro wrestler that is involved in the MLW Major League Wrestling scene right now. As his his uh, his career, his stature is definitely going up tenfold. Um, So, if you guys haven't heard of him, man, definitely go give him a give him a look, man. Go check him out on social media. Um, and as well as this YouTube channel as well. Um, as he right now, is he probably it's going on right now, as they have a said uh, event in Philadelphia uh, for Major League Wrestling Fusion. Um, so definitely, guys, go give that a look when you guys have the chance, man. So shout out to jage Bougie uh for that send interview, man. That was a lot of fun. And make sure you guys stay tuned, man. There's a lot of A lot of juicy stuff coming your way as we get closer to Survivor Series. We get closer to the Royal Rumble and to WrestleMania, man. WrestleMania, I mean, the holidays are almost here. And then after that, it's going to be WrestleMania season. It is right around the corner as business is picking up. So stay tuned for all that, man. So once again, make sure you guys follow us on our social media. Join our Facebook group as well as follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. And of course, whether you're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate you being a part of this community, being a part of this brand. Make sure you guys stay tuned for more professional wrestling chaos to come. And that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. My name is James Porcelli. And until next time, we are saying salute, peace out, and take care, everybody.